a season three debut of CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. The season is here, folks. It is here. This Thursday, the 2019 Canadian Football League season kicks off Saskatchewan at Hamilton. Friday, Montreal into Edmonton. Saturday, Ottawa and Calgary. And then the late game, Winnipeg and the BC Lions. So this is season three. So each and every week here across the TSN radio network, we're going to be bringing you insiders, analysts, players, CFL fantasy, everything to get you ready for that week's CFL games. And hey, you know what? Because the season's going to be starting off, we're going to do a full preview for each division. So coming up in about 12 minutes time, going out west to my guy from TSN 1290, the hustler, Andrew Patterson from TSN 1290 in Winnipeg to go over the Blue Bombers who really, heck, you know what? They're, they're looking like the favorites in the West right now, right? And then to go over the East, Dave Naylor, CFL on TSN Insider, does a terrific job. Caught up with Naylor a little bit earlier today, so we'll chat with him. And then from a fantasy perspective, because CFL fantasy over the past couple years, folks, has been picking up. Uh, listeners, I get tweets all the time at AndyMC81, CFL fantasy content, you want some? You got it. I'm bringing it to you this year. Ben Kramer from CFL.ca from Daily Roto is going to be a weekly contributor to the show. And today we're going we're gonna to line it up because CFL fantasy, different from NFL, right? Fewer teams, you got to keep track of the depth charts. You got to make sure you're on point. So we're going to go over some big picture season strategies with Ben and then get into some specifics for this week. We're also going to have, very excited to announce, we're going to have two CFL Weekly Fantasy Leagues. We're going to have one for DraftKings, and we're going to have one for the TSN.ca CFL League. So we're going to have two different CFL uh, fantasy leagues this year. So stay tuned. We're going to tell you about that again on Twitter at AndyMC81. You can watch live in studio on Twitch, twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive. Jump in the chat room there. Give us a follow. And uh, yeah, so we're going to have West Preview with Andrew Patterson in a few minutes. But folks, let's get to some news and notes leading up to this season, leading up to after camp, after the draft. What is going on as we get ready for week one in the Canadian Football League? Let's kick it. First down. And when you look at the Calgary Stampeders, defending Great Cup champs, right? Perennial contenders, they lost a lot of bodies on both sides of the ball this year. They lost a lot. How are they going to adjust to, well, really, some of the switches in the West, right? You got Mike Riley going out to BC, Bombers looking real strong. Well, Bo Levi Mitchell, friend of show, He's not concerned. He's not worried about any of the losses that happened this offseason. Did you and the team, most of all, get out of camp? No, man. I mean, getting better, creating timing, um, finding out who's going to shape this team. You know, I think that's the most important part. You know, we obviously it's been well documented. We've lost some pieces, but um, I'm impressed and, and, and feeling good about the guys we have going forward. A lot of those pieces are on the defensive end, all-star pieces, even... Devon Claybrooks on the sideline. That's a big loss as well. The reason why I mention that is, is there a little more pressure on the offense, especially at the start of the season, uh, to produce knowing that the defense has to grow? Man, I think I think the offense, we put enough pressure on ourselves just to perform uh, to be the top offense in the league every year and every week. I think that's kind of our mindset. Um, 
I think the defense has always felt like that in the past too, and that's why I think we do so well. As far as if one team's or one side of the team's not playing as good, uh, the other side steps up mid-game, you know. But I mean, we gotta trusting those guys to go out and do their jobs the same way we have to go out and do our jobs. So um, I've been going against them in camp, so I know that they're not what people are saying. I know how good they are. Uh, so I'm excited to see them get out there and prove some people wrong. In general, uh, what does it mean when an offense has the defenses back? It's more than just scoring points, right? Yeah, it, it goes both ways, man. It's, it's definitely, definitely goes more than scoring points. It's, um, you know, the defense. You know, goes on a 13-play drive. Uh, it's not coming out as a quarterback and taking a shot, uh, you know, twice in a row that are, you know, low percentage throws, and now they're right back on the field for another long drive. That's how you wear a defense out. you got to be smart and allow them to stay fresh, allow them to, uh, you know, keep the engines running and uh, and rest up on the sideline while we go on long drives and uh, kind of try to flip that script against the other team. Uh, last question. I know you uh, mentioned the intelligence of the receiving core throughout camp and some tough decisions were made, which probably shows how deep the receiving core is this year. How excited are you um, to get us started with these guys? Yeah, man, I'm very excited. Hopefully, you know, obviously we can stay away from the bug that happened last year. Um, and just excited for, you know, these guys, what they put in through camp. You know, everybody, there weren't guys really, you know, taking vet days and things like that. Guys were working, competing all throughout camp. Um, and I'm just excited to go out there, compete with these guys on the field and start to put up some numbers with them. There he is, Bo Levi Mitchell. When you got a leader like that, we know. Ask the Montreal Alouettes. If you don't have a quarterback, you're in trouble. Doesn't really matter a whole lot the rest of the pieces around it. Bo Levi Mitchell. Hell of a quarterback for the Calgary Stampeders. So I think they will make some adjustments. Might be a slower start to the year. But the Stamps are going to be right back in it because of that guy, Bo Levi Mitchell. Now let's move on to second down. Second down. A team maybe, well, is it safe to say not in the same type of shape as the Calgary Stampeders? Yeah, I think it's safe to say that. The Montreal Alouettes. I used a GIF this week to describe them, and it was a uh, a dumpster on fire because that's what I think this team is, and it shows again. Uh, Anthony Calvillo, right, when they had him and they were going, what, 20-plus years straight playoff appearances, now the revolving door at quarterback, and the dysfunction continues. After the preseason, when everything's supposed to get ready, Mike Sherman, their head coach, and the team agree to part ways? Well, Kavis Reed, the GM of the Alouettes, speaks on the coaching change. After a few days of discussions, it was mutually decided that Coach Mike Sherman will step down as head coach of the Montreal Alouettes, citing the slowed adjustment to the CFL game. This decision was made as an organization and approved by the CFL. On behalf of the organization, I would like to thank Coach Sherman for his fair evaluation of the situation, and as normal, he handled this with the utmost professionalism. We would like to thank him for his contributions that he has made to help us move closer to being a consistently contending team. As an organization, we looked internally for his replacement because we felt we had some tremendous coaching talent. Coach Jones emerged as the choice because Coach Jones is a veteran CFLer that has won as a player and assistant coach. He's innovative, has tremendous communication skills, and a commanding presence. We feel strongly that he will be able to lead us and continue the progress that we have established. As we accept the Coach Sherman's decision as mutually, we did so believing that our goal to win this season will not be compromised. We believe very strongly in Coach Jones and what he will add to this football team. That was Kavis Reed, 
uh, reading a uh, script, obviously, on the departure, mutual departure of Mike Schirmer. Now, think about this, guys. Think about this. You have a coach who, he was GM and a coach of the Green Bay Packers, okay? Was supposed to be the perfect situation for Johnny Manziel coming in last year. And so after two preseason games and a whole season, what, he goes into the office like, I don't get it, guys. Oh, well, don't understand the league. Bye. What is happening there? On top of all that, you gave up all those assets for Johnny Manziel. You swung and you missed. And now you got Antonio Pipkin. Cutest name in football, Antonio Pipkin. Okay, he flashed a little bit last year. Now you don't have any real competition, at least right now. We'll see. But this is going to be another long year, I think, for the Montreal Alouettes. Let's move on. Third down. Now we're going to be talking CFL fantasy in the final segment of the show with Ben Kramer of CFL.ca. But let's get a little sample, whet our appetite a little bit from the CFL panel with Rod Smith. And we got uh, Henry Burris and Davis Sanchez. Alongside the fantasy panel of Henry Burris and Davis Sanchez, fantasy panel. This seems disturbing on a whole bunch of different levels, but we'll go with it for now because we do like playing CFL fantasy football. We have for a few years now. There are the big players and get you lots of points, but they're expensive, and then you can go with the value picks. We're going to break down both now. And Henry, let's discuss first of all the big producers. I mean, uh, who do you have that you think you can count on week in, week out to get you lots of points? Well, I know when June Jones left the Hamilton Tiger Cats to take a job down south uh, in the XFL, that is, when they signed John, uh, Tommy Condell as the offensive coordinator, I went goo goo gaga. Yes, I did. <laughs> Especially for Jeremiah Masoli, because this is a guy in the offense that he's very, very familiar with. He played in this offense with Ken Austin, and I can tell you, he was, he was responsible for 30 touchdowns, 28 in the air, two on the ground, and it's all about fantasy football and touchdowns, baby, and I expect a better production from him this season. Well, the offensive coordinator of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers likes the guy he has in the backfield as well. You see, by how many touches he gets, and not just how many, but in many different ways. Andrew Harris, they're not going to take him out in the goal line. He's going to get receptions. He's going to get rushes. I know what I'm getting every week from Andrew Harris. Young Heasy, I'm going to take Andrew Harris as my fantasy MVP. Okay, I would normally take Mike Riley based on the previous years, but NBC, we still don't know yet. I look at Bo Levi Mitchell now, and he's about $2,500 less than Mike Riley, for example, and he hasn't really been the biggest fantasy producer, but I think this year, I just have a feeling, coming off the Grey Cup, being the number one player, that his fantasy numbers are going to go up. So I'm going to I'm going to take Mike Riley. How about a sleeper? How about how about uh, someone with real value out there, not nearly as expensive? Yeah, my guy is coming off Bo. Anyone catching balls from Bo looks pretty darn good. He lost his top three or three of his top four receivers. Bo did. And who's filling in? Reggie Bagleton. I, I've seen, I've liked what I've seen from him. He seems up for the task. He's in the preseason they're going to him a lot he's a big body he can run he's going to be they're going to find the end zone with reggie bagleton that's my guy well i can tell you i'm going to eugene lewis and a lot of times people would say they wouldn't touch any of the montreal Alouettes, but hold up right now we're going to put this on social media because you want to take eugene lewis he was fifth in the cfl last year nine receptions of 30 plus yards and it's only going to get better this year because the chemistry between him and antonio pipkin seeing antonio in preseason the kid showed lots of moxie and he showed lots of composure in that pocket only good things are expected from that young man a great budget choice okay and i was talking about mike riley and who's he going to throw to well one of his new guys is deron carter at barely three thousand i know what you're thinking there you but go yeah hey i'm with deron in week one hey fantasy panel who else would you think 
There you go, CFL and TSN Fantasy Panel. Great to hear the guys back at it as week one is upon us, folks. We're going to take the break and tee up the West Division and dive into the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as well with the hustler, Andrew Patterson, host on TSN 1290 Winnipeg. He joins me next on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Whether you're in a hurry, out with friends, or just hungry, it's always a good time for Domino's Pizza. Starting June 11th, check out this deal. A medium four-topping pizza for $9.99. That's right, load up that medium pizza with a wide variety of fresh topping choices for only $9.99. Hungrier? No problem. Make it a large four-topping pizza for just $3 more. Order today and check out all of Domino's delicious pizza, side dish, and dessert options at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. The CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Andy McNamara with you. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMC Sports. And you can watch live in the TSN 1050 Toronto studios with me now. Jump in the chat room too at twitch.tv slash Live. So the season's upon us. We'll get to some fantasy talk a little bit later on with Ben Kramer. We'll have an East Division preview with Dave Naylor from the CFL on TSN. But my guy from Winnipeg, the hustler, Andrew Patterson, TSN 1290 in Winnipeg, joins me now. Hustler, how's it going, buddy? Andy Mack, it is going very well. I can tell you, we unlike you guys out east, we've had a glorious spring. We've had some great weather, lots of excitement around Blue Bomber training camp. And uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to wait a couple weeks to see the home team here in the peg at IG Field. But there is a uh, huge sense of optimism and excitement for uh, the opener Saturday night when the Bombers visit B.C. That's right, man. And yeah, thanks for throwing in the weather. That's, uh, it's, it's, it's starting to get a little bit better, but it's not, it's not often that Winnipeg, uh, has warmer weather than Toronto, but that's fine. That's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll let you have that one. Uh, let's, let's talk about the Bombers here first and we'll go through a West Division preview here. Um, but you got, Winnipeg, they're in place. You got that core still. Matt Nichols, another year. The BC Lions, of course, who Travis Lule retired, Jonathan Jennings, Bootsky, he's gone. And now you bring in Mike Riley. Like, what do you think of this opening weekend matchup? Like, this is, this is prime time. You know, it's interesting. And, you know, the, the BC Lions are such a different team than they were at the end of the year. I was actually kind of quite surprised that BC opened as a two point favorite over the Bombers. But, you know, going into week one, I think you sort of base a lot of things on what you know. What we do know is that Mike Riley's probably the best quarterback in the CFL, uh, if it's not Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, but, you know, for BC, they've got Devon Claybrooks. They do have, uh, I mean, so many new players. It's really going to be interesting to see how things work right out of the gate with Mike Riley working with a brand new team and a brand new coaching staff. I think a lot of the optimism in and around Winnipeg really centers around the fact that the Bombers have been on a steady climb under Kyle Walters and Mike O'Shea for the past few seasons, you know, making the playoffs, uh, you know, hosting a playoff game, winning a playoff game, making it to the West Final. There's really only one more step for the Bombers to, to make, and that's, you know, get to the Grey Cup and, and win the whole damn thing for the first time since 1990. But that continuity of coaching staff, of top skill players and the addition of Willie Jefferson on defense has, um, I would say, optimism at a high for a city that's notoriously 
uh, a little bit, um, well, shall we say, just expecting the worst, considering the way things have gone for the last three decades. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> in conversation with the hustler, Andrew Patterson from TSN 1290 in Winnipeg, joining me on the Domino's Pizza delivery line. Folks, get yourself a large four-topping pizza for just twelve ninety-nine. Add on the marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Trust me on the marbled cookie brownie. You're going to love it. Check out all the great deals, carryout delivery at dominoes.ca, dominoes.ca. So let's let's look around the rest of the, the West for a moment. So we talked BC, we talked Winnipeg, and now you get into the Calgary Stampeders. And... Uh, Hustler, when we played a clip off the top, Bo Levi Mitchell coming out and saying, look, I'm not worried about the changes. We're going to pick up the defense if they struggle. They're going to, you know, the, the, the company line, right? What do you feel the Calgary Stampeders are going to be made of this season because of some pretty big losses? Well, you know what, that's uh, <laughs> everywhere else in the West, people saw all the exodus of talent in Calgary and said, Finally, maybe, you know, there'll be an opening for somebody else to get in and knock the stamps off. But honestly, as long as Bo Levi Mitchell is the guy behind center in Calgary, you would be a fool to write off the Calgary Stampeders. Um, I expect them to be a playoff team. I mean, we'll find out a lot, I think, through the first little while about Calgary as to whether it will be a work in progress. It wouldn't surprise me if Bo Levi Mitchell picked up right where he left off. With, uh, with a whole bunch of new skill position players because he's just that good. So uh, I really do expect Calgary to be one of the contending teams in, in, the, uh, in the West. Um, and the Bombers, I think, you know, in a lot of ways measure themselves against Calgary. You know what Rick Flair says. You want to be the man, you got to beat the man. That's right. Until somebody beats the Calgary Stampeders, they are the measuring stick in the, uh, in the Western Division of the Canadian Football League. But as you alluded to, there has been a lot of player turnover. We've seen it before. Maybe not to this extent in Calgary. So certainly the Stamps and Bo Levi are going to have their work cut out for them. But I think you'd be crazy not to think that they're very capable of doing exactly that. Now what about the Edmonton Eskimos? And at first it was, okay, the sky's falling. You couldn't re-sign Mike Riley. Off to the West Coast in B.C., in comes Trevor Harris, who I've been bullish on the last couple of years, and we've been really waiting, Hustler, to see he's flashed, then maybe an injury, in and out as a starter. This, to me, another fresh start out of Ottawa into Edmonton. What do you feel that, that his ceiling is, that the expectations are going to be for the Eskimos? Because that front office has put some nice pieces around him, too, so there's going to be no excuses. Well, that's the thing. I think I got to give the Edmonton front office and the crew there a lot of credit because, as you mentioned, I mean, when you lose Mike Riley, um, you know that can absolutely devastate uh, a franchise. And I mean, as far as Trevor Harris goes, I was a little surprised he went to Edmonton. I don't know the particulars of what he was offered. Sorry about that. What he was offered, um, you know, from Ottawa or from some of the other teams, because he's certainly going into a much tougher neighborhood, if you will, going from the east to the west. Right. Um, but you ask what his ceiling is. I'll be straight. His ceiling is lower than Mike Riley. <laughs> so the fact <laughs> of the matter is, they're going to need to get, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, improve their defense, and I think they're going to need to rely on maybe a little bit more of a balanced attack. But I think Trevor Harris is a really good quarterback, and you know you need to have quarterback play, especially in this division, to compete with the likes of the Rileys and the Dickinsons. And if you're not going to have Trevor Harris, sorry, if you're not going to have Mike Riley, I think the addition of Trevor Harris under Jason Moss was uh, was a pretty nice plan B. But 
the bar is raised so high with Mike Riley, who single-handedly at times dragged the Eskimos to victory on his back. Uh, I'm not sure whether Trevor Harris, well, I don't think Trevor Harris can compete at that level, but I think the Eskimos can still expect some quality quarterback play, um, but they're going to need to you know, be a, a, a three-phase team that does it on offense, defense, and special teams as opposed to just uh, expecting Mike Riley to save the day in the fourth quarter like they have often in the past. In conversation with the hustler, Andrew Patterson from TSN 1290 in Winnipeg. Joining me on the Domino's Pizza delivery line. Visit dominoes.ca today. Let's polish it off, hustler, with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and a team. That, man, it just seems they cannot get on track, right? Like Zach Kolaris, the concussions. I loved that, that Zach Kolaris year made me a believer in Hamilton in, what, 2015 before he got injured. He just hasn't been able to get back to it. But he's going to get another chance because behind him, Cody Fajardo. That's not scaring anybody. Isaac Harker. All right. This is Kolaris' team again. And we know, we talked about ceiling. We know what the ceiling can be. The question is, can he actually get back there in green and white? Well, you know, it's funny you said Cody Fajardo's not scaring anybody. Neither is Zach Caleros, Andy. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> <Fair riders, enough. laughs> the, the riders, hey, hey, listen, they got dealt a pretty tough blow when Chris Jones decided to take his talents to the Cleveland Browns yeah. and move on to the National Football League. So, you know, they were, were behind the eight ball when it came to firing a coach. They hired within with Craig Dickinson, who, I, you know, I think is a bright football mind. But, you know, you've got a rookie head coach. And you've got a quarterback last year that, I'll say this about the Riders, it speaks to just how good their defense was last year. Because when you break down the numbers, Zach Caleros' quarterback rating and numbers were, were very poor. The one number he did get was a lot of wins. So credit to him for being able to do that. But I think that has a lot to do with Chris Jones, his defense. And as much as we'll talk about their offense and they're going to need to be improved, um, I really am interested to see how that defense, which was the backbone of Saskatchewan's success last year, holds up this year without Chris Jones being the puppet master of the organization. It's a fascinating team. I, I mean, when you compare their situation to the other four in the West, I don't think there's a doubt that they're number five on the quarterback ranking. And once you're there with the talent that's on these other teams, it's a big, big hill to climb. I think that, once again, you're going to see a lot of pressure on that rider defense that was built by Chris Jones uh, to help them get W's next year in an incredibly tight Western division. Yeah, we'll see if the D can carry them again. Hustler, great stuff, buddy. Let's do this again real soon. Andy, anytime, pal. Great talking to you. All right. Always the same to you, my friend. There he is, the hustler, Andrew Patterson. Catch him on TSN 1290 in Winnipeg. Tremendous host out there. And uh, we're going to switch gears to the East Division. Dave Naylor, CFL and TSN Insider. I chatted with him a little bit earlier today after a quick break. We'll talk to Naylor, the East. See what's up there. That is next on CFL Weekly. Dave, the CFL season, it is right here, man. Let's go through the East Division and profile what, what this is going to look like here. Because when we, when we last saw everything, when it was all said and done, the standings, we had Ottawa finish 11-7, and seven, Hamilton 8-10, and 10, the Alouettes 5-13, and 13, and the Argos 4-14. and 14. Some certainties if we start from the bottom. Ricky Ray retired. We know he's not coming back. What do you make of what the Argos have done off-season-wise and their quarterback situation, which really is, is pretty similar to what it was last year without Ricky Ray? 
yeah, I think you got to go back 12 months to when, you know, James Franklin was considered just a step away from being the starting quarterback, whether Ricky Ray was hurt or not. I mean, right. he was, he had been Mike Riley's backup in Edmonton. He'd been identified as somebody that a lot of people around the league saw as a future starter. And I think the Argos knew that it was maybe unlikely they were going to get 18 games out of Ricky Ray. And if they did, well, he was likely to retire at the end of last season anyway, given that he had been close to that after they'd won the Great Cup uh, at the end of the 2017 season. So, you know, it was was a move for the the future. It was a move for the present. And then things didn't work out. And, And look, I've talked to James quite a lot about his experience last season and you know, I just think he and, and the head coach were, were not on the same page. They just sometimes personalities clash. They they just don't the way you do something irritates somebody else. And James Franklin just felt like him and Mark Trestman were were not a good working relationship. And I think that that was very you know distressing to him. Uh, and the results uh, I think manifested themselves on the field. And, and he you know he he was the quarterback for four games that mattered, and then he was the quarterback back at the end of the year for four more games that didn't matter. And right. so, look, I, a lot of it is can can we reset the clock to a year ago and, and see what James Franklin is? They've, they've gone out and signed a guy that I think is the best receiver in the league and Darrell Walker, you know, who's his last five games before he was hurt last year had nearly 500 yards receiving and five touchdowns. You know, they've still got a pretty good receiving core with Amandi Edwards and, and S.J. Green as well. Uh, you know, they've made some moves on the defensive side of the ball and special teams. So we know in this league, sometimes the difference between being four and 14 and, and being 10 and eight or 12 and six can, can be, you know, not that great. So, uh, and I, and I think they, you know, in, in Corey Chamberlain, they've got a guy who's, who's won a great cup and has experience with the Argos. I mean, he was a very popular coach uh, when he was a defensive coordinator in 2017. I know that talking to some players, Last year, you know, they would reference the way Corey had done things on defense that they wished they were doing a year ago. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I think they, I think they're in a better situation overall, no question. So that's the Toronto Argos. Now we move to the Montreal Alouettes. And Dave, man, you know what? I know we don't like to dump on teams, but my my goodness, uh, let's see where where to begin. The league owns the team. You fire your head coach after the preseason. Johnny Manziel, who you gave up a boatload for, is banished forever from the Canadian Football League, and you're going into the year with the Antonio Pipkin and a bad offensive line. Like, what should we expect out of the Montreal Alouettes? Very, very difficult to tell. I mean, obviously firing your, firing your coach this close to the start of the season is not anyone's design. If you're going to make that yeah. move, you make it in the offseason. I think there were doubts about you know Mike Sherman's sort of suitability for the CFL after one year. Uh, Antonio, you know, they keep talking about wanting to close the revolving door quarterback, but the guy who's their starter in week number one, Antonio Pipkin, is the guy who was sitting on his couch at home the day they <laughs> traded for Johnny Manziel. Right. So, right. you know, it, it's almost by definition, you know, the, the revolving door. And look, you could look at Pipkin and say he showed things last year. He's a young guy. Look, if they had Pipkin and Vernon Adams behind an established starting quarterback, you might say that's a pretty good, good roster, but they don't. Mm-hmm. You know, they got two guys that have never been proven as starters in the league. You know, they, they signed Devere Posey and upgraded the receivers. They think they got some Canadians that can play. Uh, you know, their offensive line isn't the worst. They got, again, some young guys and some talent there that, that at least on paper look decent, and, and they could be okay on defense. I think the big question is, 
you know, can they can they score points through the air? Because in, in the CFL, if you can't do that, it's a pretty hard row. And right. it's really been a number of years since they've been able to do that. So, you know, and, and then how does the instability around the franchise ownership wise? How does that affect them? We know they're 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 not in a great situation. Out, the team is being sold. We imagine the crowds aren't going to be great. It, it could be a very rough year in Montreal, no question at all. In conversation with Dave Naylor on Twitter, at TSN Dave Naylor, covers the CFL, the NFL, all things football for TSN. Okay, so went through the Argos, who were last in 2018, the Alouettes next up. Now the Hamilton Ticats, and this is a very interesting situation to me, Dave, because personnel-wise, you look pretty set. You have Jeremiah Masoli, who threw for over 5,200 yards last year. You have Brandon Banks, who's expected back healthy, Luke Tasker. But you got a change at head coach and... At the top as well, you have a co-GM situation, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, and and those guys have been there, right? Like, you know, Sean Burke and Drew Alamang are are guys who've been part of the organization. So I think that team has kind of been managed on a sort of group decision basis for a while. You know, with everybody from Scott Mitchell, the team president, to when Eric Tillman was there as general manager, to I mentioned Sean Burke and, and Drew Alamang and, so there's, and you've got Jim Barker there, of course, the former GM of the Argos right. as well. So, you know, that's, that's a, a bit of a non-traditional model that you have that group of people making decisions, but they, they've kind of gone with this uh, in the past. But Orlando Steinauer is a first-time head coach, but, uh, you know, I, I think there is a, a, a high, high degree of confidence in his abilities, you know, both from what he's shown as a, as a CFL coach, the one year that he was in the NCAA, he was – part of one of the most dramatic turnarounds, one-year turnarounds in college football history at Fresno State. Yeah. Uh, he had offers to go to other schools. His, he had his contract extended by Fresno State. Uh, so he, you know, he didn't come back to Hamilton because he wasn't wanted anywhere else. He came back to Hamilton you know, for the opportunity to, to learn more, potentially become a head coach just for, for family reasons. So I think it was a high degree of confidence there. I mean, this is essentially the same team from a year ago healthier mm-hmm. with two big bodies on either side of the trenches. You know, Chris Fenzile, who they picked up from the Argonauts, who's still a, a very high-quality Canadian offensive lineman, and Ja'Garrett Davis, who's a defensive lineman who played with the Calgary Stampeders. Those two guys, I think, give them, you know, a, a much stronger presence on the respective uh, offensive and defensive lines. And, boy, I mean, with what Jeremiah Mazzoli showed last year, 21 interceptions is the number that, you know, still raises some concerns. But, um I, I like the Ticats. I, I, think they, I think they were a quality team a year ago, probably didn't win as many games as they should have. But uh, well, I, I think they have lots of reasons to be optimistic this season. Well, Dave, I like what you said with the addition on the offensive line because if you solidify those corners, what does that do? Well, it allows Jeremiah Masoli the protection if he wants to throw, if he wants to run, if you want to do gadget plays with Brandon Banks. And, of course, he developed much more uh, to become much more than that over this past season and the year before. And so you give Jeremiah Masola more time, boy, that, that offense could be even more dangerous, couldn't it? Well, it is. And, and, again, you go back to a year ago when they had all the injuries. We're basically throwing to the shell of a receiving core yeah. at the end of the year. And so, you know, when you, when you bring in and you talk about, you know, some of the guys like Braylon Addison who kind of emerged at the end of last year, you know, Brandon Banks who – uh, well, let's just say he ranked very high on our CFL top 50 players list this year. And, and, uh, and I like, that, you know, you, you put all that, they can, you know, Luke Tasker there, they, they can score points a year ago. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and as you say, 
when you talk about shoring up that offensive line and, and making that receiving core, you've got to figure that luck-wise, you know, they're not going to be as unlucky as they were a year ago with that. And, you know, Jeremiah Mazzoli was, you know, a bit of a revelation. This is a guy who became a starter in this league for the first time, like without there being an injury to somebody else that was keeping them out, five and a half years into his career. I mean, there aren't that many guys that no. put in that kind of work and that kind of time. And almost and, quit, Dave. He almost retired, remember, like a few years ago, right? He had his half a foot out the door when he was on the practice squad. And then to, to come back and do what he's done has been incredible. Well, especially, and, and, and you know, withstood the attention and the, and the shadow of Johnny Manziel yeah. a year ago and did it yeah. in a, about, you know, as efficient and, and classy a manner as, as you could. And, you know, I, I really think that, that he's a he's a testament to all the things that we say you need to be successful in the CFL. You know, you gotta you gotta put in your time, you gotta be willing to be a backup, you gotta you got you know, wait for your opportunity and then when it comes you better make good of it. Mm-hmm. And and Jeremiah Mazzoli certainly has. I mean you, know, you look at that, I was looking at his numbers today, his game log last from last year, just reminding myself this you know, that string he had of three hundred yard passing games and Oh yeah. It's just so consistent and, and I, I know that there are GMs in the league that you know really really think that he is on that cusp of, of joining the sort of you know elite. I mean look it's five thousand yard passer last year so I don't have to make any excuses for him but just in terms of you know is he in that conversation with with the best quarterbacks in the league I certainly know a lot of people in the league who think he is. Wow, that's going to be fun to watch them and let's finish off with the team that finished first in the East a year ago the Ottawa Red Blacks eleven and seven record. I, I think it's it's we're not going out on a limb, Dave, to, to say it's going to be between Ottawa and Hamilton unless something insane happens the rest of the way. Ottawa and Hamilton, what should we expect from the Red Blacks? Another first place finish? Well, look, a lot of people are, are really doubting the Red Blacks just because of how many names they lost this yeah. year. And I mean, you know, the Trevor Harris obviously a starting quarterback. Their left tackle is Vincent Rogers. Greg Ellingson, one of their best receivers. William Powell, you know, they're running back. I mean, offensively they were stripped in this off season right. and their offensive coordinator is also gone to the XFL and Jamie Elizondo. So you put all those things together. Now, as some GMs will occasionally remind me is <laughs> that when, when a team lets a guy go to free agency and they replace him with a guy you've never heard of, that doesn't mean he's not any good. <laughs> we right. all see players that come into this league that have been on an NFL practice roster or played in the mm-hmm. NFL or played college football somewhere and it's really hard to project. Uh, look, I've never found a way to project who, when they, when they sign guys off the street, you know, uh, Americans, who's going to come and thrive and become a, a Hall of Fame player someday and who might be gone in three weeks. I mean, it, 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 because so much of it has to do with how you adjust to the game, what your heart is like, what yeah. your desire to play the game is like. So, I mean, there could be guys who are filling those spots that we're talking about in six weeks and say, wow, you know, have the Red Blacks ever done a great job on the personnel side? Or we could be talking about how much they miss those guys. And that's, mm-hmm. I've just seen many teams that, that end up sort of as the quote-unquote losers in free agency that get written off in the offseason. And you look at what they, they've, they emerge with and we say, okay, you know, like we, we, we can't judge players that we really don't know that well. And the big question there is going to be obviously a quarterback where – yeah. Dominique Davis is a guy who's, I believe, only in his third year in the league. He's in his second year with Ottawa, you know, 29 years old, hasn't played a lot. And he basically, I think, won the job in Ottawa over Jonathan Jennings because of his familiarity with their scheme, their coaches, their, their personnel. And, and it's, it's hard. In, in a short training camp like you have in the Canadian Football League, it's hard for a guy to come in and beat out an incumbent 
incumbent, even if that guy wasn't the starter a year ago, because because it, it takes a while to get up to speed. I mean, yeah, Jonathan Jennings realistically, you know, might need three, four, five, six weeks until he's really comfortable in that offense. So I don't think it means Dominique Davis is the starter for 18 weeks. It means he's the starter for week number one, and I'm sure they hope he's the starter for 18 weeks. And I know Jennings chose Ottawa over Toronto because he felt like a competition against Jonathan Jennings was probably more winnable than one in Toronto against James Franklin, just in terms of the commitment that the team had to Franklin versus what Ottawa had to, to Davis. But, uh, hey, as we talked about earlier, you got to be patient at that role. And when your opportunity comes, you better produce. Uh, we're going to get to see whether Dominique Davis can take advantage of that opportunity that's come his way. Sure, and for Jonathan Jennings, this is, he had all the opportunities you, you'd wanted in BC, right? He just wasn't able to keep it consistent at all last year, so this is another chance for him. Great stuff, Dave. Thank you so much for taking the time, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, Andy. Whether you're in a hurry, out with friends, or just hungry, it's always a good time for Domino's Pizza. Starting June 11th, check out this deal. A medium four-topping pizza for $9.99. That's right. Load up that medium pizza with a wide variety of fresh topping choices for only $9.99. Hungrier? No problem. Make it a large four-topping pizza for just $3 more. Order today and check out all of Domino's delicious pizza, side dish, and dessert options at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Back to wrap up CFL Weekly, Episode 1, Season 3 on TSN Radio. I'm Andy McNamara. On Twitter, at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. You can watch live at the TSN 1050 studio on Twitch. Just go twitch.tv slash andymaclive. You can join the CFL chat there. But it's time for fantasy talk. And this has been growing over the last few years. This interest in CFL fantasy through DraftKings, through the TSN.ca contest. So I had a, a chance to chat last season many a time. And he's going to be joining us each and every week from CFL.ca, from Daily Roto. Mr. Ben Kramer on the line. Ben, how are you, brother? Doing real good. Great talk to you, Andy. Oh, absolutely, man. And you know what? We'll get to at the end. We're going to have two weekly listener leagues here for CFL Weekly. So we'll tease that and tell people how they can get in on that uh, at the end here. But I wanted to start with this because we were talking leading up to the show, and I thought this was a fascinating way to incorporate almost a little bit of of Vegas-style betting into fantasy football, implied team totals. Can you take people through a little bit what that is and, and how that can help their fantasy output and, and their picks, really. Yeah, it's one of the first ways that you can start figuring out which teams to start targeting for players on a given week. Vegas usually has some pretty smart people setting the lines there. It's why they make the money and the rest of us try to. Right. So they have their over-unders that they set. So if you take the Edmonton-Montreal game, for instance, it's an over-under of 52, and Edmonton is a 10-point favorite. So if you break it down, that's essentially saying Vegas having the implied team total of 31 for Edmonton and 21 for Montreal for a total over-under of 52. Gotcha. Okay. And, and so that's, that's something where now what we're doing is that's the total. And, and from that point, really, I guess, if you're looking for games with the highest point total, that would mean higher fantasy output. And then you kind of break it down player-wise from there, right? Yeah, ideally, 
you want people who are going to score touchdowns in your fantasy lineups. Because in CFL TSN scoring, you're getting six points for a touchdown rushing or receiving. That's the same as 60 yards, right? So anytime that you can get somebody with a better chance of scoring touchdowns, you've got a better chance of optimizing your scores. So if you're looking for players to target to begin with, if you look at Edmonton with a team total of 31, or second is Calgary at 29.5, BC at 27.5, those are some of your top scores for the week. So as you're starting to do your research, it's a good place to begin. In conversation with Ben Kramer on the Domino's Pizza delivery line. Large four-topping pizza, folks, just $12.99. Weather's good. Don't cook at Domino's. Make it a Domino's night. Go to Domino's.ca. Try the cheesy bread, the boneless chicken, the marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Check it all out at Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. So, Ben, we mentioned the games this week. Now, weather. You always have to take into weather. Sometimes people forget they're not in a bubble, right? Most stadiums outside of BC are outdoors, and so, well, uh, this, is, this is something you have to keep in mind with the potential for poor weather in many of those cities and situations. So, how much and what direction do you use weather? Like, to me, it always if it's going to be real sloppy and wet, I'm looking more running back. Yeah, the way things have generally broken down, there's been some really good research done there by some guys like John Bales and such who have looked at the effects of wind. And wind is one of the biggest ones we need to be scared of. Once winds get over about 15 miles per hour, you start to see a significant hit to passing games and receiving options. So right now, looking at this weekend, the winds don't look too bad. Most of them are kind of in the 5 to 10 mile an hour range. And temperatures are going to be okay, but it's going to be the chance of slippery footballs because you've got 60% chance of rain or thunderstorms in each of the these home games except for BC who gets to play like you said in a bubble and so that's something to keep in mind the wind factor yeah because if you're the ball's getting knocked down or you can't throw for the big bomb and you got a big you know quarterback yeah. whatever that, that's that's going to be an issue yeah so, it hurts them quite a bit yeah so let's let's look at some of the lineups here and there's been obviously a lot of off-season movements because last year it seemed pretty much automatic you spent a lot for Mike Riley and for the most part he delivered you big points, and you kind of went from there. That was kind of the starting point of every conversation. Well, now Mike Riley's with the BC Lions. You got Trevor Harris from Ottawa. He's over in Edmonton, and you got some other movement. When we're looking at QBs for week one, whether it's on the TSN.ca or the DraftKings lineup, where are you going? Because you still have Mike Riley as the top price guy right under, underneath him, Jeremiah Masoli, and you kind of go from there. Yeah, Riley and Mazzoli are going to be the top two on most weeks just because they have so much more volume that comes through their offense in the passing games. BC is a little bit of an unknown because last season they were one of the lowest volume offenses in the league, but we kind of expect that Riley is going to bump that up and get them a couple more pass attempts per game. So Riley tops the projection this week around... 24 or 26 points depending on what site you're playing and he's going to be the top option against the Winnipeg defense that lost four all-star level starters on their defense this last offseason. Mazzoli gets a significantly more difficult matchup probably against Saskatchewan who has most of their stars back and added Micah Johnson to the defensive line to make it that much tougher but their whole secondary is still around. It's going to be tough for Mazzoli to make things happen on a regular basis but just the pure volume that he gets passing and the design runs that they have in their offense usually for him will give him a little bit more of a floor. And that's what you always have to look at with Masoli with the improved offensive line as well, giving him either more time to throw or better protection to run himself. So you add that little bit of an X factor. Now when we go to, well, his top weapon before he got injured last year was Brandon Banks. And boy, you look at all positions, Banks is right at the top. And that's, that's always the tricky part 
right? Ben, because you got, okay, we know what he can do. That Saskatchewan defense is nasty. It's still going to be uh, built, even if they, as a team, they might take a step back without Chris Jones. That's going to be tough. I'm a little nervous spending over 12000 bucks. We're talking the TSN.ca CFL fantasy game here on Brandon Banks. What about you? Yeah, I think on CFL TSN Fantasy, he's a tough spend this week at just about 13000 That's just about a third of your salary cap on CFL TSN. And he's the top projected receiver, certainly. I think he went over 100 yards in about 10 of his 14 games last season. And that kind of consistency in production is hard to ignore. But that Saskatchewan secondary is as good as they've ever been. They don't give up a lot of big plays anymore. And it's going to be tough for him to be able to pull some of his upside fantasy scores in the third. 30s or 40s that you'd need to pay off something like that $13,000 price tag. If you're looking at the DraftKings option, he's a little bit more affordable, around $10,000 in a $50,000 salary cap. It's only 20%, and if you're looking at a stack with him and Mazzoli or something like that, it's still fairly affordable with a number of the value options that are out there this week. Now, what do you think about Matt Nichols? We had hustler Andrew Patterson on from TSN 1290 in Winnipeg, who I know you know. Um, and obviously, you know, very bullish. Everyone's very excited in Winnipeg about the Blue Bombers. When we look at, at fantasy, I'm a little, a little confused with the... Uh, I want to know what the DraftKings salary is, because the, on the TSN.ca site, Chris Strebler is higher. Nichols is at 6811 What does he add in DraftKings? Uh, Matt Nichols is at 8900 on DraftKings. Realistically, I expect Winnipeg people to be bullish on Winnipeg quarterbacks, <laughs> but the rest of us that have a bit more perspective, probably I would not advise him. <laughs> uh, he, he's got a tough job just keeping his own job, right? Strevler is always lurking just over his shoulder to take goal line carries, which adds up to a lot of extra fantasy points. And if he struggles at some point, we've seen Strevler come in for second halves last season before. So Matt Nichols is a guy that's pretty tough to pay up for. The BC defense is one that you might want to pick on this season, certainly, as they spent just about their entire salary cap on Mike Riley and had to release a whole lot of players that were quality defenders. But this week might not be the one that you really want to pay up and look at Matt Nichols in a fantasy lineup. In conversation with Ben Kramer on Twitter, at Benjamin, does great fantasy work for CFL.ca and Daily Roto uh, on the Domino's Pizza delivery line. Let's go running back here, man. And this is, boy, we complain in the NFL about running backs by committee. CFL, you just about pull your hair out each week, depending. So Don Jackson was a, a monster for a couple weeks, then go, then gets injured or goes away or whatever. And it just seems like it can be such a rotating door, and you almost get into dart throws of who to start without spending too much. Week one, who are you liking at running back? Yeah, I think Andrew Harris is going to top the projections most week, and this week is no different, especially against BC in that weakened defense like I talked about earlier. He gets a pretty unprecedented workload compared to most other backs out there, and Winnipeg scored the most rushing touchdowns of any team in the league last year. They really lean heavy on the running game once they're in the red zone. So given the matchup and given that he gets to be indoors on the fast track there in BC, it certainly helps his case as a top runner this week. So you take him there, and if we're looking at the, the CFL side you got, or on the TSN.ca contest side, uh, you can pop Harris in there. Who might be a little bit of a sleeper, someone to watch for? William Powell's gone in Ottawa. You know, you got Moses Madu as 5,900 and change, right? Is there somebody you like kind of a, maybe a little under the radar? 
Yeah, I think Sean Thomas Erlington showed that he was going to get probably the majority of the workload in Hamilton there this year. But they do have a couple other guys like you talked about lurking in the back, whether it's Cam Marshall or some of these other ones that might get some playing time. But it looked like Erlington certainly had at least the majority of the workload there. And coming in at 3000 on CFL TSN Fantasy, that's probably one of the best values on the Bard, regardless of position this week. And on DraftKings, he's only 4800 as well. So again, it's a great source of salary relief from a guy who looks to get the majority of the carries in their offense. The Saskatchewan matchup is not great to pick on, but at that price tag at only 3000 or 4800 he really doesn't have to do all that much to pay off for value. Should we be picking on the Montreal defense? I know it's not Mike Riley, but Trevor Harris and Greg Ellingson, that seems interesting. Yeah, I think that Trevor Harris is going to be a player this week. Montreal's defense added an extra defender in Taylor Loeffler that will certainly give them a chance to make a few extra plays, and Siante Evans as well. So they've shored up their secondary a bit, but the offense is just so bad for the Alouettes, it's hard to imagine them keeping the defense off the field for very long. So Harris ran the highest volume offense in the league last year, just about 62 plays a game, and Edmonton really wasn't that much lower. So even if he's changing schemes a bit, I expect Harris can get 35 to 40 pass attempts in this week against the Montreal defense. It's certainly worth picking on. And then it's a matter of which one of his receivers are going to wind up being the top build guy in the offense. Greg Ellingson would be kind of the no-brainer pick because they've got that rapport coming over from Ottawa, but the Tavares Daniels and Ricky Collins and Kenny Stafford could all be in the mix there too. And usually there's about two receivers, maybe three, that were usable out of Edmonton every week. And it's going to be a matter of seeing over the next couple of weeks how that volume shakes out for each of those receivers. All right, Ben, great stuff, man. And we're going to put on Twitter, at Benjamin and at AndyMCD1, we're going to get you the links to our CFL Weekly DraftKings contest and the TSN.ca CFL Fantasy League. So you listeners can join in and enjoy the season with us, and we'll be giving you tips, answering questions, and all that all season long. Great stuff, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Andy. All right, there he goes, Ben Kramer from Daily Roto. On Twitter again, at Ben So check that out. We'll post those links to the fantasy contest that'll do it folks already done episode one season three enjoy the game cfl week one it all kicks off thursday on tsn with saskatchewan and hamilton and finishes off saturday night for Arad, for tashi i'm andy mcnamara you've been listening to cfl weekly across the tsn radio network